welcome back to another episode of the Mars Hill Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Jones. So happy to have you back here for episode 10. So for today's episode, we had Kyle Baker return again, his miraculous third episode here on the Mars Hill Sports Podcast, talking NHL for his first time. He's touched some NBA, some NFL, and now some NHL alongside Bailey Broadbent, who was on episode two of our lovely podcast here at Mars Hill. So it was a great episode. We talked a little bit about some award predictions as well as some other loose predictions for the NHL season as we are underway here. I was quite wrecked by our uh, finals segment here at, here at Trinity Western University. Uh, had to prioritize the whole school thing, you know, over podcasting, unfortunately. If this were my full-time job, maybe it'd be a bit of a different story, but unfortunately, I had to study a lot. So we actually recorded this episode a couple days ago. I think it's five days ago now. Um, So maybe a couple of our stats might be a bit outdated. There were a couple more coaching changes in the NHL. We did talk about that very briefly. I believe Jim Montgomery and Peter DeBoer have been let go from their respective teams. That is Jim Montgomery from the Dallas Stars and Peter DeBoer from the San Jose Sharks. So with that in mind, we're going to hop right into this interview and I hope you enjoy it. I'm not sure if there's going to be much content for the over the winter break, but if there is, you'll know. So without any further ado, right over to that interview with Cal Baker and Bailey Broadman. Enjoy. We are here today with Kyle Baker and Bailey Broadbent. So these two, they have a quite an extensive history going back and forth with each other. A lot of hockey arguments. And now we're putting it on the mic here on episode 10 of the Mars Hill Sports Podcast. We're going to start with you, Kyle Baker, a Mars Hill Podcast veteran. It is your third episode. Great to have you back. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, third time, third time on the show, second time in a row, I think. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah so excited to be back. Um, yeah, I think like, yeah, you could call what Bailey and I have a rivalry, but I think, I think we're just two guys that sometimes have different takes on the game of hockey, but I enjoy, I enjoy chatting with them. I'm excited to do this podcast with you guys. And of course, Bailey Broadbent in his second episode. So Bailey, this is your second NHL episode to your bit. This is, this is your, your place where Kyle, if we had you on a basketball podcast with the first episode with Matt Hayashi and then we had you on the NFL one with Benji Hall, of course last week so yeah anyways we're gonna get right into this so in the last month we all know the biggest story in the nhl has been this coaching situation started with mike babcock fired bill peters resigned slash fired we all know why mark crawford assistant coach for the Charlotte blackhawks placed on leave for allegedly being physically and verbally abusive john hines Fired, but we all know that's just because New Jersey's bad. So, we'll, let's start with Mike with Mike Babcock. This is a bit less controversial, especially politically. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that has gone down that is underlying political issues in the NHL. But Mike Babcock, it's a bit of a different situation. That Leafs team in front of him. Kyle, what do you think of that team? Is that a, a playoff team, possibly a Stanley Cup contender on paper? Oh, I think certainly on paper they yeah. are. I, I, to me, coming into the year, I thought they were the third best team in the 
in the uh, Eastern Conference on paper. I had uh, Tampa. Said third best in the league. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I was just thinking. I, I had them behind Tampa and I had them behind Boston, but yeah. certainly in that hunt, yeah. um, they underperformed on the ice. That's the truth. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's the reason the coaching decision was made. I think, um, you know, just you look at it was he was never Dubas Dubas's guy. The writing was always on the wall from the moment that Lou Lamorello left that organization as the guy that had brought him in, and, and I think he knew if he couldn't perform, and you know, for for all his things, I you know, I'm. I'm probably a Babcock believer. I do think he's a great head coach. I really do. Um, but he's a stubborn guy. And, you know, stubborn guys have a lot of success. But he's a stubborn guy. And he liked to play the guys that he liked to play. And he liked to play them the way he liked to play them. And I think it just wore off after a, after a while. So, you know, I think I can understand the reason they made the move. I don't know if I would have pulled the plug that early. Because uh, I think the problems run a little bit deeper. But... You know, for Dubas, he's he's fired the final kind of thing he has. Now it's now it's on him, right? Now you need to find a way to get the best out of this team and, and really salvage what was supposed to be an all-in season. Yeah, for sure. Bailey, your thoughts on Mike Babcock's firing? I thought it made sense, and I think firing him was, was the way to go. I was surprised the timing, too, but I thought it should have been earlier. Um, like, what was it, their third third straight first-round loss under Babcock? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, I was calling it for during that series last year against Boston, or this past year against Boston. I said, he's going to get fired for sure, and he didn't. And uh, I saw some reports that Dubas wanted him gone after that series, and instead Shanahan said, no, we're going to give him 20 games. You know, we'll give him some time to, to figure this out, and season started terribly, and it was still the same thing. We're yeah. going gonna to give him a little bit of time here, and just too much leash, I think. And this could really come back and, and hurt the Leafs in the long run. They're, you know, at at this time tonight, they're four points out of a playoff spot, two games, you know, in hand for the teams that are in the playoff spot. So, you know, not a great start for them. Babcock shouldn't have been behind the bench. I like Babcock as a coach, and I know we disagree on that, yeah, Tyler. I can't stand Babcock. I think he's a good coach. I, you know, with this group, it obviously wasn't working. And I think we've seen in the NHL in the past that certain coaches just don't work with certain groups. You saw Torrell in Vancouver. And he didn't work with us. Next season, he works wonders in Columbus. So I'm not equating, you know, Matt Babcock to, as a coach to Tortorella. But, yeah. um, you know, it just did, wasn't working with his group. And Dubis, like Kyle said, had a vision. Babcock wasn't the wasn't the man behind the bench to uh, to see that come through. I, I can't stand Mike Babcock. I think Mike got, like, duh, so overrated. Hmm. Like, what he coached. Why? He coached those Red Wings teams to one Stanley Cup. Everyone's like, oh, he's won a Stanley Cup. So many NHL coaches have won Stanley Cups. Many coaches have won more than one Stanley okay. Cup. This guy was considered the best coach in the NHL for a while. My question is, though, what makes a good coach then? If, you, if you're seeing, we see Mike Babcock, he's won at every level he's played in. He's, he's won a, a world championship. He's won a, uh, or a, world cup, a world championship. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's been in the Stanley Cup Finals numerous times. He's missed the playoffs, I think, once in the last 13 years. Yep. So, so what more? What more do you want from a from a head coach other than a Stanley Cup win in the last five years? Like, what 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 do you want out of Mike Babcock that sees him in your mind become a good coach? Well, I'm gonna say first of all, in the Leafs' perspective, I want a coach who's gonna magnify star potential. Who's gonna sorry? Who's gonna promote that? Because Mike Babcock, like everyone knows, that classic Austin Matthews played 18 minutes in that last game. Austin Matthews is your best player, at least offense. I think two-way, two-way can definitely be like argued uh-huh. on because no, John Tavares is quite the two-way player, has great offensive production as well. However, 
I'm still of the mindset Mike Babcock had that great team in front of him, couldn't get past Boston, has been garbage in the first 20 games of this season. And this is a team, in my opinion, that looks more complete than last year's Maple Leafs team by addressing that Tyson Berry thing, which Tyson Berry is another guy too. He did not, like, there's no way he was for that acquisition because we saw how Barry was utilized and it was honestly like an offense to the former 60-point man. So that's my mindset on Babcock. And then uh, from a league perspective, he coached some great Red Wings teams. I'm not going to deny that maybe at that time he was a great coach. Everyone's always like, oh, well, he won like stuff with Team Canada. Team Canada wins all the time. Let's be real here. Team Canada has the best the best players in the world. Right, but I, I don't All think... three players in the world right now are Canadian. He's not hurting his case by winning with a team. And so he's won countless times with Canada that... Agreed. I, 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 feel I feel like can't a lot disregard. of guys could win with Canada in front of them. I but, think the majority of NHL coaches, the same result would have been achieved. I'm just saying, we're talking hypotheticals now mm-hmm. that other coaches could have. He's done it. He's won a Stanley okay. Cup. He's won... Like I said, he's won at every level. I just think... Maybe the league has outgrown his style. I think there's a case to be made there. Um, but at the same time, we, we can't just disregard what he's done because he's done everything, right? Agreed. The same way uh, you, could, you could say a professor at a university is old school, right? Yeah, maybe they're no, they're no longer you know, the right fit at, at a school to yeah. teach, right? Their, their methods are outdated. At the same time, they're still, they still know what they're doing. Yeah. They, he's they also a very arrogant man. Mike Babcock, <laughs> I'm 100% convinced this guy like, thinks that all success that is being achieved from his teams from year to year is because of him. I think that's pretty messed up. You've heard some of his quotes. Have you heard that one where he's like, why would I bet on Mike Babcock? Because Mike Babcock wins. That is ridiculous, man. I bet on Austin Matthews because Austin Matthews wins. I bet on Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg because those two win. I bet on Sidney Crosby for Team Canada because he wins. I still think having a little bit of confidence in yourself isn't a bad thing. And he was... under scrutiny quite a bit in Toronto. And what is he going to come out and say, I don't want to bet on myself. I don't feel comfortable right now. Yeah, I, I understand there, like, there, is a, there is a bit of arrogance and maybe cockiness there, yeah. but we praise that in certain players. Mm-hmm. And then when a coach does it, we're like, hey, this guy this guy doesn't deserve to be behind a bench anymore. Yeah, and, and in the end, like I think for a head coach, it shouldn't be a discussion, right? What, what, is, what I say is what goes, right? Is that always the, the most efficient way? Maybe not, but I think it's necessary. So I have a hard time blaming Babcock for, you know, being called stuck in his ways and those kind of things. You know, I think sometimes that needs to be your approach when you're a coach. It's not a discussion. Coaches coach and players play. And that's how the game works. Um, yeah, I, I do I do think he's, he's an excellent head coach. In the end, to me, head coaches are leaders more than they are, like, like uh, strategy guys or, you know, um, drawing stuff up, that's important, but you got to be a leader. And I look at the way that he got what he could get out of those Detroit Red Wings teams each and every year. Two trips to the Cup, Bailey mentioned it before, one at every level. Uh, fantastic career in the, in the WHL with yep. in the WHL before Spokane, coming with Spokane, yeah. And at Red Deer College when he first got into coaching. Yep. Um, I'm, not, I'm not denying, yeah. I will never deny that Mike Babcock, like at the time, was a good coach. Any Stanley Cup winning coach deserves some sort of like approval of being a good NHL coach, but the last time he did that was in 2008. I just think it's a bit outdated now. Yeah. And also just 
I think he's so arrogant for having one Stanley Cup. There's so many NHL coaches who have a Stanley Cup, and you don't hear nearly as much controversy. Before He was also the coach of the Leafs for the last four years, of which a lot more controversy is going to follow you. I feel like a lot of the stuff's come out with Babcock because he's coaching in the biggest the biggest hockey market in the world. And, you know, you can you can talk about the players he has. That's fair. But it's kind of interesting to me in all sports. Is it just me or does success follow certain coaches? And you can always attribute it to the players they have, right? It feels like you can always attribute it to the players they have. They have great players, but the success seems to follow them. And success followed Babcock from 13, wait, 13 successful seasons in Detroit or however many years he was there. Yeah. Tell me another coach that you think is everywhere they go, success follows them while having like, do you think there's any coaches that like haven't had the tier, the caliber of players that we would think would be a playoff team or a Stanley Cup contender possibly? Um, well, I, 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 I like this train of thought though. I mean, we we see players blossom under a head coach and we say, okay, that's, that's on the player. Um, But we're not often attributing any sort of success from a player's perspective to a coach. And I think Kyle's got a good point here where Mike Babcock, yeah, sure. He, he's had success in Detroit and everyone likes to point to that and say, well, that's not on him, but let's not forget. He brought the mighty ducks to the Stanley Cup finals as well. Yeah. He lost. And so no one's talking about that, but he still brought that team to the finals. And so he was successful before he inherited that team. And, yeah, it's, it's easy to kind of have that, I guess, recency bias and say, hey, he, he couldn't pull it off in Toronto. There's flaws in that team, though. And Babcock isn't the one bringing those players in. Yeah, sure, he had Marner, Marner he had Matthews, he had Tavares. Um, but at the end of the day, we, if we're going to attribute the success on the players, should we not attribute some of the flaws on the players as well? Yeah, I think for me, Barry Trotz is an example of that. Yep. That's a guy who's found, found success with, all, with the really the three NHL teams that he's coached. Um, but New York, the Islanders are. We thought that was going to be a bottom five NHL team when he came in. Yeah, oh. but look at the. But also, you got to look at the players that they added via trades, right? They traded Griffin Reinhardt, who never really established himself in the NHL, to get Matt Barzell. Yeah. Like they've added a lot of players. I think. Um, I think we maybe thrown into this conversation too is potentially on a smaller scale, but Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett knows how to kind of juice out something from players when he maybe doesn't have a great roster. Yeah, Obviously, this year we can say Dry Settle McDavid. He's got the, the, probably the two best players in the league. People but are picking them as the fifth best team in the West in the in the division. Yeah, yep. I mean, so and that's. I would say I was on that train before the season started. And he was juicing that out of out of Arizona, Arizona. as well, right? He was Mike Smith as his goaltender. And he made him look elite. So, yeah. I mean, he's doing it again in Edmonton. <laughs> Moving on now, we're going to talk quickly. We'll, we'll touch on the Bill Peters subject quickly. Obviously, the Akimbalio statements came out. It was some tweets. I'm going to start us off here. That was really, like, what he said was really messed up. And obviously, there needs to be some sort of punishment for that. At this day and age, everything is going to come out at some point. It does suck for him that it's like, it does suck for Peters that it's like 10 years later, this comes out, you lose your job because of it. But that's not me by any means supporting this. Like what he did was disgusting. There's no room for racism in hockey, in any sport, in any, like in anywhere. And especially hockey, that is a game that is trying to diversify itself so much. I, I have no, no, no complaints really with the Flames decision. 
Kyle, what about you? Yeah, I think the comments are the comments are undefensible. Yeah. Um, I think, a, as tends to be the case with a lot of these, it, it usually starts with with one story where you're like, oh, you know, that's that's bad. That's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. And you, know, it's it's tricky when it's ten years ago as far as like, but you know, I, I just think the Flames' hands were tied. I, I don't yeah. think that they they I couldn't agree. really do anything. You can't keep them around. Yeah, it was a it was it was really a train that had left the station. So yeah. I, I I kind of agree with you where I say I want to say like it sucks it sucks that like it was ten years ago. Like, yeah, yeah and, and I'm sure Bill Peters a different is a very different guy. I hope and, so. and I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I sure yeah. hope so too. And and I think honestly, you know, he would he would admit that he just made he made a really grave mistake. And um, apparently, there was like a team apology where Peters was in the dressing room after. Obviously, that does not yeah. like negate the fact that this is wrong by any means but it's like the fact that he was able to come in like probably within days after that yeah i would imagine that he's a different guy at this point but like who are we to say i don't know bill peters so for sure oh go ahead man i I think it's interesting too um i'm not sure what was said in in terms of statements from the flames i haven't kind of reread that but yeah in your interview process, that's got to be something that comes up. And so I don't know if it did. Either it, it was brought up by the Flames and said, hey, do you have anything in your past that could come up and resurface? Either Bill Peters said no or they didn't ask that question. And so onus has to be on the organization to an extent or it's just on Bill Peters for lying uh, because he, he didn't bring yeah, it up. Yeah, and I think, I think Bailey, if it didn't doesn't come up in interviews, it sure will be now moving forward for all coaches, for sure. right? You're going to have to look at this stuff. And, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a coach that hasn't had some kind of incident with a player. Um, you know, going back, whether I hopefully not not to this extent, but you know, coaches disagree with players. It's not uncommon, yeah. um, especially when you start to think about this sport's unique in that most of these guys got their start coaching sixteen and seventeen year old kids in high high pressure environments yeah. in junior hockey, where the stakes are high for the coaches, the stakes are high for the organizations, and the stakes are high for the players because it's such a short window to either make it and have a future playing hockey. Or to end up nowhere, and I think, you know, I'm surprised we haven't heard more stories. I know there's been a few well, things, but I'm surprised we're not hearing more stories dating back to the days in junior, because that's what you're dealing with. Yeah, I feel like junior would. Be you're the dealing most with messed up you're stuff. dealing with kids, you're de- men dealing with kids, and you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with 17 year olds that are trying to find a way to make it, as opposed to 27 year olds that have millions of dollars. It's yeah. a different, different kind of respect level. Yeah, I think what we're starting to see a lot here is kind of this. I think players more power is going to the players in every sport as time is progressing i would i would say that players have a bit a bigger voice i'd say part of that is social media i would say a part of that is also just maybe even entitlement too i think a lot (laughs) a lot of players have bigger heads than they might have Mm -hmm. a couple years ago but going off this idea of like players holding coaches accountable we have this mark crawford incident so the Mark Crawford incident, assistant coach for the Chicago Blackhawks, pl- currently placed on leave by the Hawks. He's had allegations of being physically and verbally abusive. And Peters had some physical abuse mm-hmm. one incident. allegations against him by a guy named Michelle Jordan. <laughs> Not Michael. I don't know how Ooh. I don't know how you pronounce we it. We call him MJ. Yeah, MJ. <laughs> by MJ. So MJ he did tweet out some stuff that was like kind of along the lines of this Mark Crawford thing. So what do we think of this Mark Crawford thing? Was it Brent Sopel who 
Well, Brent Sopel, I believe, talked about it on Spitting Chicklets okay. probably a year a ago. A year ago. Uh, and, okay. and he did it more from the perspective of sharing a story about a hockey experience, not so much, hey, Mark Crawford did this to me and I didn't like it. Uh, or, you know. I uh, think, yeah, he was on the podcast for a totally different reason and they asked him stories about his career and yeah. he told it as Crawford and I got into it one time. Um, okay. He wasn't, he yeah, and he's obviously come out with a statement this evening just to say, hey, this is not, I'm not a victim. I don't yeah. want to be a part of the victim group. That's not what this was meant to be. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough time. Like you know, with these stories coming out, you just you you got to take precautions. And I don't think you can blame the Hawks for deciding to put them on leave. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's a difficult topic. It's something that like requires like further investigation. But this whole this whole topic is quite interesting because I hear like the verbal abuse thing. It's like they like sometimes players in any sport especially these adults need a kick in the butt like you're down you're down five nothing what do you expect the coach to say good work guys awesome job great work brent like you're doing great out there you just turned the puck over it's six nothing now like no have a stash of participation ribbons exactly ready to hand them out he's probably mark when he goes back to that bench mark crawford is probably going to be yelling at him so loud probably saying some very very offensive things to Sopel, but like it's it's kind of a part of sports culture where it's like guys just shrug this kind of thing off it's like i know i'm sorry i think i get it though from the blackhawks perspective of of doing their due diligence especially with the backlash the flames had with peters and and all that came out and this surfaces you know less than a week later you have to investigate that and you you know that's a pr nightmare if you don't yeah uh, we'll see what comes about it i i don't know if he'll get fired for for what he did or not I, i don't think it's on the level of well, I mean, we're talking physical abuse, so yeah. I really can't comment too much on yeah. that. But um, one thing I, I did want to touch on too, and this relates to the Crawford incident to an extent, but more so with Bill Peters. And, you know, we've seen in the past, right around kind of this time of the year, coaches are on the hot seat and they yeah. get fired. And there's that what they call coaching carousel where mm-hmm. a, a coach goes from one team to another. I feel like this is going to have a pretty big effect on that because – in years past, you see a coach get fired, and within a day or two, they're picked up by another team. Yeah. I think teams are going to be a lot more weary and cautious of the coach that they're hiring now. And like Kyle was saying earlier, you're going to want to do your due diligence. You're going to want to make sure you have your all your backgrounds, you know, background yeah. checks, you know, done. And and so from that, are we going to see coaches maybe fired a little bit? Uh, you know, teams giving a little bit longer to their a longer leash to their coaches because hey as they say a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or whatever you know like like you sure you yeah. know what you got and he's maybe not working out the best but at the same time you don't know about all these you know other coaches yeah. uh and and the baggage that they could bring yeah well think about it this way too is like what what is going to happen with these coaches who get fired like there's no way bill peters gets another nhl job ever. no he's done he's done yeah like, there's no way he ever gets another job. So, what about these guys who it's like this interim coach? How long is he going to be around here for? These background checks. How many coaches are really available here? Yeah. You might have to find, like, a young guy. Like, uh, what's the Blackhawks coach name slipping my mind here? Really young guy. Should know Yeah, it. he took over from, from Joe Quinville. Yes. Jeremy Colleton is his name. Jeremy Colleton. Well, that, that's where I wonder, though, are we going to see more situations where there's an interim head coach or you, teams are, are given chances and opportunities to coaches already within their organization because, hey, 
they know more about this coach. They've got a history right in front of them. And it's easier to follow that than try to do all your research on a coach that's just been yeah. fired. And now you've got to, you know, make sure they tick all the boxes. That's yeah. an interesting point. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we've exhausted this kind of whole deal. I think we know why John Hirons got fired. There's, there's no, there's no yeah. debate. This team, honestly, kind of sad. Such high expectations, and I. It's pretty rare that you see teams like crash and burn this badly. I think the goaltending issues were pretty foreseeable. I don't know who expected Corey Schneider and Mackenzie Blackwood to be like the saviors of that organization. Like, there's no way. Goaltending is so important at every level of mm-hmm. hockey, right? So, I'm and. I was listening to 31 Thoughts today, um, Elliot Friedman, mm-hmm. and he was talking about Corey Schneider and how, like, he's still Corey Schneider, and it's not about the injury past. If anything, it's more just about, like, confidence. Corey Schneider has no confidence. It took the guy, had it was a calendar year when he went A full year won. without yeah, winning. It was last season. He went a full year without winning. That's a tough. Game, a full calendar year. That sucks. I was shocked they sent him down. Yeah. So, I don't know, Kyle, what do you think about this? About, uh, about, about the firing of, like, yo, I mean, like, I think we're all on the same page. This needed to happen. Yeah, I don't think I thought they'd be, you know, arguably the worst, uh, you know, worst team in the NHL. Um, and Detroit's worst. But I thought, I, I did not expect this team to even be close to competing for no. the playoffs. I really didn't. Right. I thought it was a lot of hype. Jack Hughes is going to be a very nice player for a long time. But it's his rookie year. Yeah. You look at the rest of the team. Hall's a nice player. But as you go down, I, I was pretty out on P.K. Subban. I thought I'd seen enough to yeah. like feel like that wasn't a great trade. Yeah. And yeah. obviously goaltending issues. And yeah, again, you're just looking for something as far as a change. I have no reason to, to feel like he's a really good head coach, but also no reason to feel like he's a, he's a bad head coach, to be honest. Um, but I think the biggest problem came to... There's a few things you can kind of look at, and I know the decision was kind of made falling. They were beaten by New York badly. Yeah, New- wasn't it like yeah five nothing, yeah. and New York was on a back to back, and they had been sitting there waiting for them for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad look, and it, the same thing happened a week earlier. They got beat by somebody who was traveling on a back to back, and they were sitting and waiting for them, and that's tough when you can't get your boys up to play. But you know, I I, I don't know. I kind of feel for coaches in that scenario. Yeah. I think sometimes there's things that are out of your control, so. Yeah, I think it's tough. I was very surprised just about Corey Schneider getting sent down. Like, from a pers- you know, from a pure on a sixty minutes a night product, yeah. I got it. Um, Jack Hughes lives with him; is living with Corey and his wife, like in their okay. family. So, like, I'm not sure how that dynamic is when yeah. Corey's off to yeah. off to the minors. Um, but yeah, that kind of caught me off guard. I-, I figured like that was a pretty a pretty solid uh, spot for him yeah. as far as staying on that roster for the whole year, but. We'll see. He could be back on his way up now. That's true. I think Ray Shiro should be on the hot seat if he's not already. I mean, he is the architect of this team. Yeah. I get that he was going for it. And at the time, I think I liked the moves. But at the same time, and yes, it's easy for me to sit here and say, I, I, I told you so. But you're banking on a lot going right this season for the Devils to compete, right? Oh, Taylor yeah. Hall's got to be healthy. You're you're banking on Blackwood being a at, top, at top worst... Even top fifteen goalie, which he's not, and he wasn't. He didn't show he he could be last year unless he was playing the Canucks. And at the same time, too, you you need Subban to go back 
to the level he was playing you know, at before last season. You need Gusev, this unknown commodity, to be good. They were asking a lot, and you were banking on a lot, and Shiro went for it, and credit to him for going for it, but I think he's got to pay the price too if they don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, they're not going to turn it around here. So, I'd... so Shiro was hired in 2015. Yeah. I believe he succeeded Lula and Rella. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's brought that yeah. Devils team to the playoffs. So, I could be wrong. Yeah, they, um, they made it two they years ago. The one, the, with Hall, the, the with Taylor Hall, Hall fifty Hall points a year yeah. over his teammates when he won the heart. Yeah, yeah. ninety point year heart winner. Heart winner. Taylor Hall, man, that is another guy we will get to later. But first, we're gonna go right into a lighter note, a bit of a lighter note here. Enough with this firing, these resignings, these Babcocks. I want to talk about some early season award predictions. Sounds so, good. This is how it's going to go. We're going to go through Hart, a most improved award, which oh. needs to be put in the NHL, in my opinion. A Norris Trophy, which is basically the best offensive defenseman trophy. Uh, Calder, as well as Vezina. So I'm going to start Hart Trophy. I'm going to name my three candidates and the winner. So my three candidates as of now, Connor McDavid, who would go on to win it. Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon. These are your candidates, These sorry? are my candidates. Okay. So McDavid's going to win. Dreisaitl is a candidate. McKinnon as my third candidate. Hmm. So this could be the first time that two players on the same team will be Hart finalists since 2001 when Yager and Lemieux were named, were nominated, and neither of them won it. So oh. I think the last time that two players were nominated from the same team and someone won it was like 1971. Wow. So, so there, like, there was like eight yeah, it was Bobby. Yeah, it was Bobby Orr and Esposito for the Bruins way oh, back. So, interesting. yeah, kind of an interesting stat because it's like, I looked at that. I'm That's like, important. wait, hold up. I got McDavid and Dreisaitl here. Like, what do you think? My, my problem is this, and I think this is a dilemma in the NHL to an extent with their award system. The Hart Trophy is for the player, this is a quote from uh, from the league website, player judged most value, valuable to his team. Yep. Uh, I, there's a case to be made that Settle and McDavid are both very valuable to the team. Yep. But a couple of years ago, as we mentioned, Taylor Hall, he was the reason they made the playoffs, right? He was the sole reason. He was 50 points over uh, the, his his teammates in, in scoring. I think he sure was second at like 48 points. I'm just saying, saying this off the top of my head. But yep. my point being... Can you really have two players that are the most valuable to their team's success? Like, yeah, Nathan McKinnon was working without Rantanen and Landis Cog, so the arguably the most dominant line last year, Agreed. or up there, and he was without both those guys. It was and him sustaining and Carver's the world, and, right? But it was he, Nathan McKinnon was keeping his team afloat yeah. and above and beyond afloat, afloat yeah. right? So. How do you say, McDavid, you're playing with another player who's in the in you know most valuable? Like, I think Tyler, what you're saying is, I think you're saying Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are two of the top three best players in NHL this season. I don't think they're the most valuable to their team's success. I think Nathan McKinnon has been. That gives it away. That's my number one because cool. without Nathan McKinnon, I don't think the if like I don't think the the Avalanche are in the playoffs right now. Okay. But but what about without McDavid? Or what about without Dreisaitl? Hey, I didn't even think they'd be in the playoff hunt this yeah. season. I thought and they'd be the cellar dwellers. They're second. In I'm not trying to discredit what Kyle they're doing. Took over, uh, 
I would too. I think I think Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL. Yeah. I don't think many people are going to disagree with that, and I think Leon Draisaitl is in the in the top five for he's sure. An, he's an arguable top five. Yeah. Right, and so I'm not saying they're not good players, but I'm just saying most valuable to, to their team. Nathan McKinnon's wins it for me. Hmm. Okay, Kyle, what do you think? Sure. So I'm going to pick three candidates because yeah. I like I kind of like that. Surprises. Go with the three candidates. Well, I We got to guess. Uh, okay, sure. So yeah. I, I just like. It's interesting because I kind of had a different spin. I'll just say just briefly to your guys' argument. I think McDavid's the best player in the world. Yeah. I think Drysdale's the second best player in the world. I, I do believe that. And I think I think for wow. me, third is open to conversation, but I wouldn't lean McKinnon at the moment. Um, but I Crosby? think those are the two best players in the NHL, and i.e. the world. Crosby? Yeah. yeah, he's down around probably like fifth or sixth. I'd really have to Whoa. think about it. So this it. is your heart trophy? No, no. Okay. I just was like just interjecting right. okay. with some thoughts. I'm but still like where's a Crosby purist, man. Like I'm like Crosby's number two in my book. Where so is fine. the respect to David Pasternak right now? I have Pasternak's fourth. Okay. Yeah. Pasternak should be better. fourth. I, but so, but you're saying what Tyler, here's the thing. I, I know we're going a little off topic here, but Very the other day we were talking about this. We were talking about Pasternak yes. and Marchand. You thought I was really stupid. No, well, here's the thing, though. Now I'm thinking you are because you, what you're saying is McDavid and Drysaddle are integral and they should both be in the top three in voting for the Hart Trophy. But you're saying also we can't credit Pasternak too much for the 25 goals he has, which is six more than second place in the league. When did I say that we can't No, him? just wait because he's playing with Marchand. So I never on, said that. No, you said Marchand's better, therefore... I said Marchand's better. Right, so where's the respect for David Pasternak? I think Pasternak is, like, here's the thing. But couldn't you make the same case for either Drysaddle or McDavid then? You're saying he's feeding off... I'd say they're both integral to each other's success. I just, I I don't know how that can... Like, I'm not putting Pasternak or Marchand in my my Hart Trophy voting because you've got two elite, elite, top, whatever, 10 players in the league there. So to me, that's not... You, you can take one of those players out, and I think they're in the playoff hunt. I would agree, but that's part partly because of Boston and who they are. Boston's a better-built team than Edmonton. Like, let's, let's be I real. Think, I think they are. Just, they let's are be, better let's be real team. with that. Like, Edmonton is... But, like, Pasternak's amazing. I yeah, think he pa- might be Pasternak. the best player in the NHL so But he's, he's, I think you could say he's the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's agree. unbelievable. So, but then, like, but Obi was the best goal scorer in the NHL over the last... Right, but no one was... You didn't have people praising Backstrom and saying it was Backstrom. It's because of Backstrom he's scoring these yeah, goals. Yeah, but better okay, than but people, ever has been. Okay, but people were saying, oh, Crosby's still better than Obi. Crosby didn't score as many goals. Right, he plays a two-way game, though. Okay, calm down, right? I guess. Um, okay, so I'll give you my uh, I'll give you my my three guys right now. We could go for hours. This would this would be the three guys that would make my ballot. Yeah. Uh, John Carlson, okay. uh, David Pasternak, and Connor McDavid. Those would be okay. the three guys that would make it. Okay, why not Marshawn? Why not Marshawn? Because I think Pasternak's better. Have you watched the Bruins game? I have. Okay. Uh, I, I think Marshawn changes the game a little bit more. That, or, yeah, I think Pasternak changes the game a little more. Okay. And, and okay. don't get me wrong. Marshawn's a top 10 player in the NHL for me. He really is. He'd be probably sixth for me or seventh in for yeah. me in ranking the players. But I think Pasternak's just been better. Um, just for me, every time I watch the Bruins play, I'm like... Why is Marshawn, the guy buzzing around the ice the whole time, who's literally just absolutely, he's disgusting. Like, he just keeps doing his thing, and it's like, gets in every every little corner of the offensive zone, and it's like, creates for everyone. And I'm not saying that Pasternak doesn't create for everyone. Where's Marshawn on your Hart Trophy ballot? 
Uh, Marshawn, so after McKinnon, would be four, and I'd have Pasta five. Wow. Pa- pasta. He's yeah. So you have... Pasternak. Pasternak is at five? five. And, and then, then Marshawn would be at four, yeah. At four. Yeah. Hmm. Where would you have Marshawn? I'd have him up. I, I just, I really struggle with this, this heart trophy for me, terminology. Like, for like, me, it's like this right now with the Pasternak Marshawn thing as to who is more valuable to the team. Like, right uh, now. like the way I, I see it is like, take... what player is keeping team X afloat? Not what player is the most elite or, or like, yeah. so that, that I think the, the NHL figured out that's what their definition of the award was when they awarded it to Taylor Hall. Yeah. And so I, I can't, I almost struggle to give it to a guy like McDavid last year. Who even won the Hart Trophy last year? Was it McDavid? It was uh, Kuch. Oh, it was Kucherov. Kucherov. Okay, see, see, then I struggle with that because Kucherov... He was amazing. He, he scored 132 he, points. He was incredible. He was incredible. But 128? I just like... Something like that. I just always base this on you take that player off this team or they making the playoffs. I don't and know I, if I don't know if that's it correctly. I think you just got to take the guy who's the best player in the NHL that year. Okay, well then I'm giving it to Connor McDavid. Then I change my answer. Like if Connor <laughs> McDavid is the Connor McDavid is going to win the next ten hard trophies. Then. Well, no, but was he the best player in the league this year? It was 128 points, by the way. For I think Connor McDavid. I did, re, I did correct myself too. You, you did. I was I was right just correcting that. it for know, the viewer at home. It's fine, dude. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, and by the way, I'll just finish it off here. I, I please right now. I'd give the Hart Trophy to John Carlson. That's a hot take. Hey, I think he's I think he's been the best player in the NHL this year. Why? Well, forty-two points in thirty games as of right now. I look at the points that he's putting up as, as a defenseman. I look at that he's the best player plus-minus wise. Plays on a good team, but plus-minus is five-on-five, five, no power play numbers. I look at passion. You know, I love Pasternak, but that guy, him. And McDavid and Drysidel and Marchant, like especially um, Pashnak, he scored tw- half of his goals on the power play. Yeah. Um, and I do think that needs to be knocked against you a little bit. Like, why do we not think James Neal is a prolific goal scorer? Well, because he gets all of his goals on the power play. Um, and because he had like eight of them at the, the beginning first, of like, the year. Two games. Yeah, James Neal's still second in the league in power play goals. Exactly. But to me, I think. I think 14 now total? Uh, I think. Total goals? Yeah, total goals is 14, I believe. You're correct, sir. And then power yes. play goals would probably be 12. He has 10. Okay. But, but yeah, I just look at all around. I think Carlson's been been the best player, I think, from what he's done on a defensive and an offensive okay. point of view. And right now, that's what I'd vote for. I, I understand that. Here's here's my thing. is Whenever I think Hart Trophy, I do think forward. Um, like, like in, in, okay, here, here. Well, it's because the defensemen have so, an award. Norris, defensemen have their own award. Vezina, tendies have their own award. I just feel like automatically my head goes to like, it's going to be a forward. It always is. So, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm not, I might not be exactly right in saying that, but that's exactly I, I think where that's my fair, head though. goes. So, that's it's like, fair. Like, for me, there, there's got to be some, who's going to score the goals? Scoring goals at the end of the day is who's going to win it for you. Right. Yeah. Well, so, right. Yeah, no, but I, I do, I do understand that. Or, or passing, two goals. That's why Marshawn is better than Pasternak. I'm sorry, I keep going back to this just to show you guys. But yeah, so I'd say, I would say, I would say, I understand where you're coming from. I'd say he has been of immense value and has been arguably one of the best players in the NHL this year. But I just don't really like giving it to the event. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bailey, what do you think of the John Carlson take? 
I, I respect it, and yeah. I think there's a bit of a case to be made. Well, not a bit. Very there's, there's, a, there's a very strong case to be made there. Like offensively, what he's doing for Washington is crazy. When when I don't think we've seen this before. I remember like a point per game pace for D-man's an incredible. Over, but he's he's twelve points over a point per game. Like that's yeah. insane. Forty two and thirty. He I I think I saw today he's on pace for 115 points. That's disgusting. That's filthy. Come on, come on. So like. From you hear that? I mean, I know scoring's up. Oh yeah, it's scoring's way up, and I, there's a proof right there. But which I like. Come on, oh I love it too. It's great. But you know, I, I think he's on to summon the young Kyle Baker here. Yeah, thanks guys. I, I feel that that's that's a very good observation. Last defenseman to win the award, Chris Prong, or is Chris Pronger, ninety nine two thousand with the Blues. It's been a long time. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Before that. Ooh, All right, Bobby Orr. I'm scrolling, and we haven't seen anything yet. This is bad radio, but uh, it would be Bobby Orr yeah, in Bobby 71, Orr. 72. Great you love to see it, that though. Was, that was the one that I was talking about where Esposito was the runner-up. Yeah. Well done. Okay, there we go. It all connects. <laughs> on to the next yeah, award. So, on to the next award. The NHL needs a most improved award. Oh, we're doing this one. And okay. so, I'm going to come out right away with my three picks and my winner. So, runners-up. Andre Sveshnikov of the Carolina Hurricanes. Respect. Oh, good I, pick. He's on my top yeah. three. JT Miller of the Vancouver Canucks. No bias. Also has been great this year. Yeah, also in my top three. That's Winner. Shocking. Darcy Kemper, Arizona Coyotes. Oh, no, goaltender. no, solid pick. Wow. No, because he did this last year. No one noticed. He was he was playing. He I think he played. I don't. I gotta look this up. I'm pretty sure he played over. He played over 40 games last year, and he was. He was pulling off these numbers. He's not the most improved. He was do- he was the most improved last year. Yeah, he was an unreal goaltender last year as well, and no one noticed. Two point three three goals against nine twenty five save percentage. Fifty five games played. His stats are all lot, are better this year. For They're sure. better. One point like you know, but like I think the the, the, the numbers don't lie this year. He's but yeah, but most improved. I think you got to see pretty. Yeah, he had two I assists think, last year, though, so he doesn't have any assists. Yeah. So this yeah. is where we're talking two. I think we need a best two-way goaltender yes, award. Best two-way attendees. Okay. I got Mike Smith probably first in my ballot. How many career goals does he have? Yeah, he's got to put the puck in his own net. Yeah. Yeah, true. I don't. I don't know, man. I like. But dude, a Kemper's, large sample Kemper, size last year. I don't Kemper, mind your pick. Kemper has been the best goaltender in the NHL this season. Right. So give him the Vesna. Why not? Why not give him both? Well, more to come. If he deserves both. I, I just don't think he's. I think people so, just people know his name now because he's now in the Vesna conversation. He is, but that doesn't mean that just because they didn't know his name last season, he's now the most improved. He's having an amazing year, and I would love to see him. I'd love to see him win both, but I don't do you, know. You don't I, like it, okay? I, I, he's he's, he's probably in my top. Honestly, I probably have all three of those guys in my top three. Like, I think you can give it to any a of those. Sub, a sub. 2.0 goals against average for me while posting over 930 save percentage like sure it's only 11 point improvement and a 0.4 improvement from last season but like dude well anti Ranta's numbers are also inflated quite a bit this season I'm not saying that Arizona is whatever a goaltending heaven and whatever you go to play, strap on the pads and play there yeah. if I'm heading into Glendale tonight and playing in the game then I'm getting nothing. you know a shutout but at the same time I mean I'm giving it to JT Miller no <laughs> he's in your top three so that can't be he's that the hottest take also uh, he's having a career runner up for me really struggled not putting him in Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, he's in. He, he, I just didn't feel comfortable. I had him on yes. the list, 
but I didn't feel comfortable putting him in because I looked and he's like he's always been a good player yeah he's been like pretty yeah. efficient the last yeah. three years yeah. but I agree I, I really yeah. wanted to include like, him he, he, he's on another level this year point per game level he's been so, really good yeah. he's he's the second best like defenseman uh, after John Carlson I think maybe in the NHL this year okay but here yeah, why JT Miller JT Miller's 18th in scoring in the league okay. 18th this is a guy that well let's not forget yes it's easy to say hey I'm a Canucks fan and I want to give it to my guy and of course mm-hmm. I do but JT Miller was proclaimed as a fringe top six player. I don't think he was, but he he was proclaimed as one coming here. He was, you know, he his career highs, and I've got to, maybe someone can quickly check this, or I can just do it myself, but he was a 55-point player coming here on a good season. Okay. And now he's putting up a point-per-game point per game numbers and his advanced stats, and I'm not an advanced stats yeah, whiz, yeah, yeah. but they're incredible, and he's made his team so much better. He's the missing piece to the puzzle to the Canucks top line. He should be with Besser and Pedersen all time, every game. But this guy, like the improvement he's made from last season, and whether or not he should have, you know, I think he was underutilized in Tampa to an extent. But at the same time, you can't ignore going from a 50-point season last year, fringe 50 points last season, to if he can keep this up, you know, 82 points. Like, come on, so, that's that's so, filthy. And and so going back to Shvestikov, Shvestikov had 37 points last year. And has 29 points in 28 games. For sure, but but we're talking sample size, and I'm saying JT Miller was consistently a 55, not even 55, okay. a 50 point, 40 point player. Yeah. Okay. And now suddenly that. he's become a top 20 offensive player in the league and hitting a point per game, 28 games through the season. So to me, that's like okay, you've taken a major step forward this season that we haven't seen in years past. Svechnikov, he was he's in my top three as well. Crazy year for him so far. He's. Carolina's top scorer. He's played better than Aho and Teravainen. Yeah. Um, and he's he's up there for me, and I think there's a case to be made there as well. I just think, is that is that expected of him? Not to this extent, but we knew Svechnikov would become an elite scorer. I don't think many people were proclaiming that JT Miller was going to be top 20 in league scoring this late into the season. Yeah, okay. Fair. Kyle, what do you think? Sure. So well, who are your runners-up? Sorry. My runners-up would be, in, in any order, Kemper and Svechnikov. Okay. I totally agree okay. with what you said. Okay, cool. Didn't you hate? Wait, him? no, yeah, no, no. Like sorry, sorry. Selection. Hold up, hold up. No, no, no. Special call would be in there. I didn't really take a whole long look at. at... Jeez. Oh, also, I just want to toss it in there, and I know this might be, you know, but Artemi Panarin for the Hart Trophy. I think there's a. Yeah. He's for, carrying yeah. that Rangers yeah, offense, and he's hard. under the radar. Very yeah, sneaky good this points. season. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't look too too hard at, at most improved. Uh, you know, I. I can't comment too much, but I, I, I have been very, like, l- looking at fantasy this season, I'm shocked at how good Svechnikov has been. He's been pretty good. But we don't, yeah, we got to define this. So it's just most improved straight up from the from the previous year, or, like, what what is this mystery award here? i the previous, so then, previous year. Okay. So yeah. I had Hamilton with an asterisk because I was scared I was yeah. going to get roasted. No, 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 no. But That's, I thought he'd I'm been, like, you, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I had Sveshnikov, as you mentioned, but neither of them won the award for me because I picked Pajo from Ottawa. Okay, that's not a bad take. I was looking at Oh, John man. Gabriel, you know what? Have you seen his plus minus? Yeah, it's insane. He plus the he's on the Senators, team. too. And he's like, he, he's been amazing oh, for them. So that's why I picked him because it felt like the kind of guy that would win an NBA most improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this guy who's just kind of like 
suddenly in this big role, and he's played really well. So that's why I picked him. I was surprised. I thought you guys would be on that one too. But so Pacho. Okay. So another thing, another thing about Dougie Hamilton too is the last he's had one fifty point year in his in his career here. So at this rate, Dougie Hamilton twenty eight points, twenty eight games, like eighty two points, eighty two points, right? So it's like if we're talking. If we're talking on that basis, that is a massive improvement from his 39 points last year. So I, I, I don't think that that's ridiculous. Like doubling your point, almost doubling your point, you're like doubling your point total from last season is very impressive in its own. I, I just wanted to throw this out there going off Pajo. Like this is, I stumbled across this last night and I was shocked. So we were talking about his plus minus. And I know plus minus doesn't tell the whole story and whatnot. Yep. But this goes to show how crazy his... Th- so he's got 15 goals in 29 games. That's amazing. Yep. But he's a plus 19 this season on that dreadful Ottawa team. So bad. Second on that team is Nick Paul, and he's a plus four. Like, Ooh. that's insane how much... How good I'm he's just, been. I'm just wondering... You, you put Pajot on the single, ice for the Senators. A single man in plus ratings for the Ottawa Senators. How? Well, there's, there's quite a few, too. 12, 16, and 1. Well, half that team, half that team is... Get rid of the OT the point, but hey, that's, that sounds like another argument for another podcast. <laughs> but, okay. And then who are your runners up against? Oh, I had Hamilton, and I had um, Sveshnikov. So it's kind of between those two. Yeah, uh, yeah for, oh, and then Pajot won. Pajot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Pajot wins. Yeah, so I, I like that take. I don't, I don't mind it at all. I was thinking Pajot too, but I was also just like... I see massive improvement in many guys. You know who would have won it a couple years ago? Will Carlson with the Vegas oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been, been an easy like, one. He's that a shoe and Siakam like, type shoe. Exactly. And Siakam might win it again. So, but Could, yeah. you know, He also might win the MVP. So. We'll, yeah. see how the, <laughs> we'll see how the season progresses, but I think a, a guy to keep an eye on for this you know, fake award would be Carter Hart this year. Oh. Because he's clicked lately. He's trending in an incredible record. No, but I'm just saying, okay, yeah, stars align and he becomes very consistent. You ever watched him live? You know what? I actually have not. He's crazy. Is he? Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. He's an amazing goaltender. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable talent. I've never done that. But he's got, like, like that guy's tapping the post and, like, squirting water. He just looks like a bit of a psycho. He's straight goalie, bro. It's crazy. I watched him a lot in junior, and he's, Mm -hmm. like... He's a little crazy. Well, yeah, because he played for, for Everett. Everett, yeah. yeah. So he would, be, many he would have been here a lot playing against the Vancouver Giants. What's so the next award? The next award, we're going to go right to Norris. So oh. I think we – I'm <laughs> going to be really surprised here if anyone doesn't have John Carlson winning it. Yeah. Uh, let me say my runners-up, Dougie Hamilton and Cam McCarr. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, we got to remember, Cam McCarr's scoring at a point-per-game – pace here as well right so i don't know i'm gonna leave that open to discussion what do you guys think of this kale mccarr thing well he's not gonna like if carlson could keep this remotely up he's his shoe in and yeah, right now he do is you think he deserves that third spot oh like, I oh him. for sure these are the top three scores defensive scores he's a point for the game. nhl before the season i said that roman yosi was gonna win the norris he's fourth in defensive scoring i don't i don't want to be that that homer here, I don't, Kyle. I'm gonna get flack from you. Yep. But I'm just saying, Here's I'm just saying, game. overall impact. Quinn Hughes. I mean, there's a case to be made there for for in this top three. There is a case to be made for the Norris. For the Norris. Well, okay. I'm just saying, the guy. See, this is where this is where this conversation is like Norris. Okay, so we're going two way. Are we going offensive? But offensively, for the Canucks, the guy 
The guy, no, seriously. He, I, like, okay, he insane. revolutionized a lot of the Canucks' offense and how we think about That power play unit's the best in the NHL since he stepped on. True, yeah. true. But, hold on. What about Kale for Carvin? Like, no, I didn't, I just said he's in that top three. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, you're so, Dougie Hamilton. I'm taking Quinn Hughes over Dougie Hamilton. Because why are we taking Dougie Hamilton? Because he's putting up four more points? He's also getting the most minutes on their decor, and Quinn Hughes is not. And Quinn Hughes has revolutionized. We've seen the difference he makes. Like, explain your reasoning why Dougie Hamilton should be ahead of Quinn Hughes. I'm just, like, honestly. He scores more points. <laughs> yeah. Also plays more minutes for a reason, man. Yeah. I think I, I get the sample size thing, but I'm just. It doesn't matter, though. Mindset. It's like, of course, they're going to give. Coaches will give who they deem as the most efficient, like, doing performing the best and like defensive struggles for Quinn Hughes a little I think we've seen a little bit you of think? that yeah. But yeah, yeah, so I it's, agree. yeah so it's like, not playing like, 25 minutes is, a night is Dougie Hamilton so like, your your best defender in the NHL no but he's is performing he, better offensively currently. I think his total package is a lot better though yes. I, I would personally not include Kale McCarr because I don't think Kale McCarr is good enough defensively yeah, to be okay. in the top three for this award. That's I'm not slagging your pick. Yeah, I yeah. get it. That's why I was considering Yossi a lot too, because I'm also I just love Roman Yossi. Quiet yeah, quietly, I think Jacob Slavin would be in the mix if he and didn't play for the same team as Dougie so Hamilton. Good. Like he's playing two He'd also be scoring a lot more. Yeah, he's playing twenty three minutes a night. That's a big part of it. I, I think to me you gotta factor in how much guys are playing. Like I said, I lean towards keeping him off. Um so who's your third nominee? It's uh, it's Miro Heiskanen from Dallas. He has 18 points in 29 oh. games. He's a nine on the plus minus, and he's playing 25 minutes a night. He's logging some serious. He's minutes. playing 25 yeah, especially minutes a because night because of Klingberg's injuries. Yeah, and too, he's being so. and, and he's being extremely efficient for them. Well, like, I'd say he's better than Klingberg at this point. Klingberg's just had too many injuries that it's. I think it's it's not over. It's just. Yeah, this the like being like in the argument it, for a top five. Yeah, you want to talk about effect better. on how they're helping their team because in the end, that I think that's a big part of like when you're talking about the Norris. This team is not three game. This team is not three game three points clear. Sorry, for a wild card spot if it's not if it's not for him. I, I just I think he's played so many minutes and he's been such a factor yeah. for them. I think he's an unbelievable he player. Also and only a second year in the NHL. He's one of those guys. Every time I watch him, I'm like. Are you gonna make a mistake? Because it's like I haven't seen you do it yet, and it's like like nothing glares in his game that's bad, right? Like yeah. tell me tell me a part of Miro Heiskanen's game that you're like quite hesitant about going forward. There is the stars anything, right? and in his current state right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that he was fourth last year in Calder in Calder voting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd have him third. That was my third. Yeah. Okay. Bailey. So your your nominees are oh, Quinn Hughes. Well, I'm getting flack for it you now, so I want to back massive. down. But no, no, no you guys. I'm not a terrible. I, I no, I'm not saying I'm not saying Quinn Hughes is, is in my like top your, three. Yeah, I've got probably Victor Hedman in there. Yeah, dude, twenty four points, twenty four games. Victor Hedman is is still. that all that matters? No, but uh, that's yeah, what you're. To it, a certain extent, it's what the award has got. He's yeah. up there in, in plus minus, or I could be wrong. Anyways, I think Victor Hedman's got to be there. Yeah. Uh, and I've got I do have Makar in there as yeah. well, and I've, I've got Carlson as the lock, so it's irrelevant what my picks are. It's sure. irrelevant. Quinn Hughes That's is my is my four because yeah. hey, okay. I can throw in Erica Branson in there. He's a plus this year. He got spat on. <laughs> he did. 
So I, yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. I year by year here, I'm gonna go Norris Trophy winners. So Giordano. So these I are think the, he had seventy something points. It, you gotta put up big numbers now offensively exactly. to win it. Oh, yeah. That's what the award has become. But John Carlson is, and he's going to win the award. Yeah. We, we are arguing. Exactly. No, the, the, the award is defined as all round ability. Yeah. So it's okay if you play defense and you're scoring, then that's your all round like. Yeah, but I'd also think Carlson, like when you put together the mix the offense with the defense, I think he's the best. Because he's very, also honestly he's the, the guy, the guy could be a pylon on the ice, and if he's putting up that many points, Who cares? Well, I mean, as a pylon, that'd be very impressive. But seriously, it wouldn't matter if he's getting over a hundred point. You're you're giving yeah. that to him. Well, he's well, been the best saw, player in the NHL. Mark Giordano opening last year, and he is not. I don't like Mark Giordano. Oh, something about him too for me. It just it's not there. Really? Yeah, I've I've never liked him as a player. How come? Uh, just his face, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, I, so I just I, it flames. You know, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't have any basis for that. I just don't. Okay. Like it. Yeah. One thing, quick thing about the flames here. One thing I've realized. I have a friend who, my roommate actually, my current roommate, he's from Calgary. Oh. Flames fans don't think of the Canucks as a rival. The Canucks, no who tell Do we no though? One, Do we yes. see them as a rival? Yes, hundred percent, we do. We, we also do. still see Boston as a rival. I think and your Boston view is totally against. I that. think your view on Calgary's rival is a little tainted. And shout out to Trinity folk, but like you forget, like there's a lot of of Calgary fans here yeah. on campus, and that I think taints your view a little bit. No, no, no. I, like, when Calgary I came to Trinity, I sent. Team in the NHL to watch the well, let's also not forget though. In fairness to the whole Calgary rival thing, maybe they are because hey, last time we made the playoffs, we were ousted by them. Yep. They've made the playoffs since. They don't care about that. Exactly. We've got Furlan now. They so. also have another team in the same province. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, but that's like, more of a natural I rivalry. Just think, I just think what I want to say is this addition of the new Seattle team, we finally have a geographic rival. Oh, it's great. Rival. It's great. We finally have a geographic rival. And when they win the cup before us, they'll really be our rival. Yeah, probably. In their, they'll go to the final their first year, probably. Yeah. Pick up some new William Carlson. So, moving on now, we're going to go with Calder. It's the Calder Trophy. Elias Pedersen, winner last year. I'm going to go with my top three right now. So the winner, actually, well, runners-up, of course. So Quinn Hughes is a runner-up for me. That's respectable. Adam Fox oh. is a runner-up. And the winner is none other than Kale McCarr. So what do you guys think of my choices? That's not bad. I respect it. I think so, it's kind of fair. The Adam Fox one's a little bold. 14 let, points, 29, 26 games. Let me dice up some... So that's a, that's a defenseman here, sweep there. So it is a defenseman sweep. There, there aren't many notable forwards other than Victor Olsson, I would say, in this yep. in this kind of thing so far, in this call they're running so far. So let me explain the Adam Fox pick over Olsson. So Fox has recently received a massive spike in production due to the minutes he's getting. So in October, in October he averaged just over 16 minutes per game, scoring two points in 10 games. Since then, he's seen an increase in ice time by two minutes, two minutes per game, which adds up a lot, and some power play time as well. He's scored 12 points in 17 games. Fox? Since October, yes. Yeah, I, so, think, I think he got put on the power play. Yeah, so he, he's not even on the first power play. That's the thing, too. He's oh. on that second power play. And the, the production Rangers. has actually been there. So I think that's that's where I'm coming from here. Like, also on this win streak, well, no, sorry, they're not on win streak, but they're 6 3 and 1 in their last 10. This has kind of been a bit of a theme over the last little month kind of deal here. They're almost actually in a wild card spot. 
So the Rangers, I think, are revolutionizing their blue line with this Adam Fox thing to a certain extent. Sorry, you're saying the Rangers are revolutionizing their decor because of Adam Fox? Yeah, moving him up, giving him more minutes. Oh. I don't think so. Why? See, the, the guy's getting like sheltered from oh. Truba and... Like they got other pieces there that are like he's not he's not the be all end all to their I'm, decor. I'm not saying he's the be all end all, but I, I'd say it's part of the revolution. I think their second power play unit and the Hartford Wolfpack roster are kind of one and the same there, but no, he's having a he's nice. Still, he's still producing. I like him. I liked him yeah. back when he was I, Carolina I prospect, and then like when he refused to go to Calgary. Yeah, it's good days. Yeah. So. Beige. So Adam got at or what, buddy? Yeah, got at is easily my. My, he has uh, looked really good lately. He no, was he's not really nice in Utica there too for a bit. <sighs> he shouldn't have been there, but you know, Jim. I'm, I'm with Bailey on that. Okay, I disagree, but sorry, let's stay God on Goddard's not not even in my top five. He's he's looking. I would good. hope not, yeah, Bailey. No, I said that as a be. joke. Okay, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I like. Bailey's getting roasted. In this I am. Uh, you know, I I'd, I'd go McCarr. I'd go Hughes number two. I do think there's a little bit of a chance that Hughes could. Sure. I, I, but hey, there's a chance for everything, right? There's yeah, a yeah. chance I play in the NHL one day. So he could win the he could win the uh, the Norris. I, I'm not so. gonna lie though, I was really struggling with my with my third guy, and I don't think I can come to a consensus on my own. Like Olafson, yeah, he's he's been good. My problem points, is, games? I mean, he, oh, yeah, he's he's looked good. He's it's hard not to look at that and say he's feeding off Jack Eichel because he's getting his five on five time against Jack Eichel or next to Jack Eichel and his power play time. And I get, uh, I, I'm not going to use the power play points as a knock to Olafson because Hughes and McCarr are doing yeah, the same you're thing. Yeah, fall apart yeah. on the Hughes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. right. And McCarr and McCarr yeah, McCar well. fa- falls yeah. apart there as well. But at the same time, he's he's getting five on five minutes. Hughes is playing with Myers, right? And yeah. so that's that's you know. But uh, honestly, I don't know if I can have a. I don't know but who my third. It's it's the two it of them. It is quite. I'd say the lead. It's a decent rookie lead, crop like this year, though. After, I think after the Hughes. McCarr thing, it's pretty. There's a bit of a gap there. There's I think the it's opportunity, been opportunity to seize it. I would say. And it's funny too because Jack Is it Hughes Calder and, or just be to, to seize the three the three the spot. third spot. Yeah, I, yeah, I would, yeah, I would okay. I'd say it's a battle between McCarr and Hughes though for the trophy. Unless some I agree guy. Unless Adam Kodak comes out of nowhere and just. A guy scores sixty points. Yeah, a guy who I've been extremely impressed with is Kirby Doc. I'm not, I'm not okay. saying he's yeah. in my three, but I've been very impressed. And he's you know, good. It's tricky because you know you look at you look at the players, and uh, there's only three guys that are really playing on, or I guess now kind of four guys yeah. that are playing on the power play yeah. uh, consistently. Um, with you guys mentioning Fox, I had it McCarr, Hughes, and Olafson. That's just the way I had it with Olafson as my three. Um, I felt okay about it. I, I liked it. Again, guys that I looked at, I did look at um, Mikhaev on Toronto. Yeah. Because he's doing it all without playing on the power play. Yeah, he's, he's the best. Minor. Yeah, other than Makar, he's the best plus minus wise. Zero power play points. Yeah, he doesn't he's, have any power play points. He doesn't, he doesn't play, play the power well. play. Yeah, you've seen their roster. It's a little different than the New York Rangers. Um, Hartford. Yeah, Hartford Wolfpack. Tyronic weight. Um, okay, so, but yeah, that's how I had it. And obviously, okay. Makar winning the award because I think yeah. he's going to win it. And, yeah, I don't, I don't think this much. No, I against Makar passes a big thing for me too like I know people say oh that's stupid you have to only look at stats I test is a thing and like, and yeah, like uh, Makar okay. passes it for me like every time I watch Makar Paul Curtis is a big Makar fanboy 
Paul Curtis, most polarizing. Also a big eye test guy. Yes. Big, Paul, he must be a big, good Branson guy. Paul is... Uh, Does he pass the eye test? No. He's got the physical attributes, no, and he no. looks like a hockey player, no. so... No, but Makar, just every time, like Hughes, I'd say Hughes passes the eye test as well. Makar and Hughes, every time they get the puck in you know, the neutral it's zone, crazy. I'm like, man, this is actually, like, might shape up to be a very formidable offensive opportunity here. Mike, can you argue against that, Kyle? No, I don't disagree. Yeah. I do disagree with, you know, eye test is subjective, but that's okay. Um, yeah, he looks like an NHL defenseman. Yeah. His stats sure bear that out, too, so I feel pretty good about it. But and not just like an NHL defenseman, like a special one. Yeah, to me, like, the thing is where the, this, yeah, again, we can move on to goalies, but to me, like, a lot of the, you look at McCarr and Hughes, to me, they're not even in my top 10 as far as, in, um, I, I was sorry, leaning back to the Norris. I don't know if they would crack my top 10. Yeah, I saw something crazy, though, and I've been trying to find it, and I can't find it, oh. but it was puck possession per game in the NHL, and Quinn Hughes was second in the, in the league. And, like, it like it's, it's just like this guy... It was guy, tweeted by somebody who's a Canucks fan on Twitter. No, just no, I, you know what? I will find this, but... I mean, okay, hey, if we're taking this stat as gospel, then, like, come who's on, the first? guy the guy is... Who was first? Yeah. I, it might have been Carlson. Probably. And that's Jonathan, not Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Or Carlson. okay, do we want to move on to goalies? Actually, yeah, yeah. I say we move on to goalies here. Yeah, yeah. So, again, he's taken home two awards this uh, this time for me. Oh, Darcy wow. Kemper's winning the Vesna. Uh, Hellebuck and Bishop are the runners-up. They Kemper's the best best stats. He, Is know, he? Like, yeah, he does. He has the highest goals, the well, lowest, I guess. Lowest goals against and highest save percentage right now. In the NHL, and for me, like goals against, I think there could be argument against that stat. Yeah. For, for, but like when I look at save percentage, I'm like, okay. sorry, did you give your top three? Or he did. Uh, I did. So it's Hellebuck, Hellebuck, and Bishop. Hellebuck wins. Hellebuck is second. Interesting. Kemper won. Kemper won. Darcy Kemper. And look at that Arizona team right now. Uh, yeah, man. Bitch, I'm they're not. Sports. They're not scoring many goals. When I when I Nick got Schmaltz is their leading scorer. I believe twenty points in thirty games right now. When I when you had me on the podcast earlier in the year and we talked about the Coyotes, I roasted their offense and I'm yeah. like, it's brutal. Yeah. And it is. Now, but yeah, their goaltending is incredible. And yeah. and who I don't know who their goaltending coach is there, but hey, props. sign them up to a yeah, lifetime props. contract, LBJ yeah. style. Like yeah. this guy, he knows what's up. <laughs> Darcy Kemper, who was like a serviceable backup in LA before coming to Arizona, yeah. struggled in his first little bit in Arizona, and now he's off to the races. He's like the best goalie in the NHL, in my opinion. Yeah, so, no, nothing says sustainable like relying on your goals. You know what, though? Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Beige, give us your three. I, I go Hellebuck. Man, Hellebuck and Kemper, it's, it's close for me. Because how many guys, again, Kemper, yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot to work with there, and he's putting up insane numbers. Yeah. But Hellebuck, too, I mean, the Jets, that decor, yeah. I think they lost pretty much everyone mm -hmm. in that top six. And he's putting up better numbers than he did last, much better numbers than he yeah, did last, last season. Year. Like, quite a bit better numbers. And he's giving them a chance to win every night, and I, I really like that. It, to me, it's a... It's a one A one B kind of situation because I think they're they're closer than maybe Ty you'd want to agree with, but they're my one and two. My my number three. Oh man, I, I'm bad at picking a number three because I'm looking at here here and I'm 
It's definitely not Martin Jones. I can give you that. That goals against is not doing it for me. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. I Grubauer was was there for me for a, early on. Really? I was like, hey, this guy, he's what Colorado needs. But I mean, he got injured and numbers were inflated a little bit. And that's okay. that. So give us your number three. My, okay, my number. So this is this is as of today, or is this as of this hey, as of today, like today. the other ones? Every single one of my awards was as of today. Oh man. Can you ignore what Bennington's like? Bennington's keeping up what he did last season. He's looking really good. Yeah, good thing I didn't yeah. ignore it. Yeah. I was thinking of putting Bennington in my three. Bennington's yeah. probably my three okay. then. Uh, but I, I, I don't like it. Jordan I don't like Jordan Bennington. Bennington so. Really? Yeah. All right. Oh, it's. I think we know why because I'm a homer of the Canucks and. <laughs> That's been established. Yeah, we've we've established that. Got that as the Calder winner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had it. I basically for most of the reasons that have been discussed, I had it Halibut, Halibut. Well, Kemper, Bennington. Okay, so Halibut winning. I did. No Bishop. We're agreeing today. Yeah. yeah I like fun. it. Um, True. No, I didn't have Bishop. Sorry. Why? I don't know. Didn't really pop for me when I looked at okay. it. I liked. I just feel like Bishop deserved the Vezina the, the last year. But were you giving it for last year? I'm, I'm no, looking at like, this but year. But look at his stats this year. I like yeah. my neck. <laughs> you guys want it? No, for real, Ben. His stats are great this year so here let me let me tell you save percentages yeah bishop he is seventh but goals against average he's i believe well jimmy howard won for goals so against yes oh jimmy 3.94 but but yeah hear me out here so Dan darcy kemper is first in save percentage then you got tristan yari who is a backup goaltender Yaroslav Wait, hold up. Well, well, Jari... Injury. What? Injari? Injari. <laughs> Tristan Jari is actually a really good goal center. And yeah, he is a great That's the guy. Player. You give that guy more starts, which he's he's earning. Yeah. He's looking really good. Dropped him in fantasy last night. Picks up this shutout. No. Like, no, the guy's on a tear, and Matt Murray's not. So. Well, I wouldn't say he's in that conversation no, right no. now, whereas Please. I think Ben Bishop, who has 20 starts, doubled the amount of... That was a that was a good Yaroslav signing. Black, same boat as Jari. Then Hellbuck has twenty three starts. He's like been absolutely gross this whole time. Hellebuck deserves a show. That's why I had him number two. Thomas Grice again, someone who I consider to kind of be like splitting starts to a certain extent with Barlamov. And then you got Rask, who I think you can always give Tuka Rask a show, but nearly identical numbers. On a team that might need him a little more, hmm. Ben Bishop. Hey man, that's fair. Seven, so, yeah. I, th- I think with the with the Bishop, what I respect about your Bishop nomination is that this and this goes back to the whole Hart Trophy conversation we were talking about earlier. It's like most valuable to your team, and yeah. you know you could say you could say a guy like a Tuka Rask or a. And uh, that is a big what? thing for me in Vezina. Yeah. Like that's why I think he Dallas needs Ben Bishop year. exactly. Right. Like, yeah. But last year's Ben Bishop too was statistically, I think, the best goal in the NHL. And I think that's what hurt Robin Leonard last year is that yeah. you said, okay, well, we can look at Thomas Grice and go, okay, these are pretty identical stat yeah, lines they here. Both played forty-one games. Why should we? Why should we give it to you? Whereas yeah. Yeah, Bishop's doing it on his own. And he's looking yeah. good. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I had. I also just like a little side note. I had Freddie Anderson fourth. Hmm. Value to, value his, to team. his team. <laughs> it's real. What, why? Dude, he starts every night. And right, but that's because they're effing over there. That's because Kyle Dubas is an idiot okay, and doesn't okay, sign back okay, a goaltender. He's still it's playing like, a vital role to that I team. Think, I think the way he's played, if if that team 
had found a way to get a few more goals and was like hanging on like without him playing any better and was hanging on to a wild card spot, I think you, he would have been included in all of your guys' lists. Anderson is a, a good Teddy, but... Like, I felt comfortable with my three, don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong, but Freddie was the next guy yeah. for me when I yeah. did the when I looked at for it. For me, the next guy, I think it was between Tuka Rask and Finnington, probably. Yeah, and after... Yeah, I can tell we're going down a deep dive now, but after yeah. Freddie, honestly, my fifth spot, this is before Bishop was in the sixth slot. Thatcher Demko. David Rivich. <laughs> I think Rivich has been really good this year. That's fine. You don't have to like Whoa. it. But hey, you can look at the numbers. Rich has been pretty good. Okay. Sorry, we can, now I'm getting I, off tangent now. I, I, I just also, knew that those I, two might stir a little also, bit, so I got I, excited. I am also a bit on the of the mindset of this needs to be a goaltender on a successful team, and Calgary has been far from that to start this season. Yeah. Well, so is Toronto, so. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying to no, no. I know, I know. Five, so I, yeah. I just have a different philosophy on this than you. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I think, but those two teams have really surprised us. Let's talk about some surprise NHL teams before we close here. So hmm. I'm gonna say my surprise teams. Like, are we talking Edmonton, or yeah. is that okay? Yeah, I'm gonna Spoilers. say the Pacific Division <laughs> is surprising as a whole. Think of it this way. You have Arizona is in first as of now. Mm-hmm. Edmonton at two, Vegas at three doesn't surprise me much. No, I'm actually kind of surprised, but in a different way. Yeah, and then you got the Vancouver Canucks who'd be great. Well, Minnesota. as good as you are when you're fourteen. Minnesota has also also been weird. They've won five in a row yeah. after like people were writing articles on Sportsnet about how this was like be prepared for a very rough couple years. Yeah. Casually rip off some wins and now they're seven zero and three in the exactly. last time. Crazy. So the same as Vancouver, which is ironic since now they have the same record as Vancouver as being heralded as a huge success. But hey. But I would say Vancouver for me, they're the surprise. I didn't expect Vancouver to be like, especially at the start of the season, how yeah how good they looked. So yeah. I'd say they were surprised for me for a while. I would just say the the Pacific Division as a whole has just been full of surprises. It has been. It's been a surprising um, division. I think. Been a surprising like league. Like honestly, I'm looking at the standings right now, and I feel like the East is a little more. You can chalk. Well, I mean, you got some pretty. I just say the Leafs for me is the biggest surprise. But I, I saw Tampa. Tampa is out of a playoff. I would say Calgary as well. Tampa, but Tampa has games in hand on everyone. I think Calgary surprised people too. Yeah, that that they've struggled, and so same with Nashville. I'm yeah, very surprised okay. to see Nashville kind of just floundering. I oh, said that man. Nashville was going to win the Central Division. Man, and I, I still time. Behind still time. Predictions. Yeah, I, I would agree there's still time. But, like, man, and they did look really good for the first, like, couple weeks there. They kind of fell off for a bit here. So that's another really weird case. Yeah, Nashville, 6% chance to win the division. That's, that is, that's kind of gone. That is. Well, I mean, St. Louis is kind of crap. You want to know who has the same same percentage chance to win their own division? Yeah, Bay Lightning. 6% okay. chance to win their division. Here's my thing. It, with that kind of roster, I'm just never going to stop doubting them until they're mathematically eliminated. Hey, they got a better than 50% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. But to win the division, the division's kind of swinging away. It is. Boston yeah. is Boston. Boston's they're swinging like, away. They're so good. 80, 80% chance to win the division. Yeah. Um, Bailey, biggest surprise teams. Well, I'm going to start with not a surprise, but maybe a surprise to some. And I want to say I called it. I'm going to pump my own tires here. Colorado. Philly. 
Philly okay. has been really yeah. good lately. Philly has been really good Very lately. Top, top, uh, they're seventh in the, in the league right now second in terms of in points. The, they're second in their division? Third in their division, but a very good division. Yeah. Climbing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Climbing fast. And yeah. I, 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 okay, I picked them to make the Stanley Cup finals this year. Really? A long way to go before then. Yeah, okay, I had the Hurricanes as the finals. I like their team. And uh, they're looking good. A bit of a maybe a little surprising to me. I, I like to throw out the hot takes and maybe not expect much, but okay. uh, looking good. Uh, surprise to me. Uh, we talked a little bit about Tampa. They've they've got quite a few games in hand of, of other teams, yeah, but they do. So but a, a decent way much. back. It's still a, still a decent way back. I mean, you got to win those games, and they're quietly, not quietly yeah, down there with Toronto. Quietly disappointing after the amazing year they had last year. Yeah, uh, well, end of the year wasn't so amazing, but uh, if, hold up, hold up. If did we talk Islanders? Like, have we mentioned them? Well, like, come on. Then, at this point, is it a surprise? Barry Trotz just wins, man. They did but this it's last all year. players, right? So. Yeah. You bet on Barry Trotz. Well, you don't hear him saying that, eh? <laughs> well, isn't it the players, though? It's the, yeah, the players I'm pretty that are doing sure he's just always gotten really good players. He could coach Canada to a win. <laughs> I hate you guys. Um, sorry, Paige. I feel like I'm cutting you off. No, it's okay. To me, I actually, I felt like in the Pacific, I'm not surprised to see the Pacific be kind of wild. I said at the beginning of the year that I had Edmonton as the, as the, uh, would I have them, sixth ranked team in this division. Yeah. But I said they were the only sixth ranked team in any division that I thought that could I make the postseason. Or could win a division. Yeah. yeah I, I yeah. said, I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think they could win this division, but I thought they could be one of the three best teams you just because. Vegas at the start of the year? I said uh, Vegas. I did. Yeah. I did say Vegas. I'm, I'm honestly, Vegas has picked it up a little bit. Um, six, two and two in their last 10, but they were out of a playoff spot maybe 10 days ago, yeah. two weeks ago. And I was thinking to myself, if this was a Canadian team, I feel like their, oh, their like coach, coach might lose his job. Goodbye. Like, this team is so talented. They're amazingly fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of surprises. Arizona, I thought Arizona was better than Vancouver coming into the year, but I, I thought they were going to be competing for an eight seed yeah. in the West. So they've been hot, but, again, I'm very dubious of a team that's uh, – I'm dubious of a team that's <laughs> – of a team that's relying on their goaltending. 25% chance to win the division. Um yeah, I'm I'm nervous about that. Do you team. think Arizona goes to the playoffs? I think they make the playoffs. So would you say? Do you think? Do you think that's the top three? So right now in the Pacific, Arizona one. That's not the top three. Edmonton two. No. Vegas three. So what's the top three? I don't honestly. The more I think about it, and the more I'm looking here, I didn't. Edmonton, I don't think he's going to make the playoffs. Honestly. What? They're they're two points up on a playoff spot right now. Teams have games in hand. I mean, like, they're, they're, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a tapering off of their incredible start. And yeah, it's slowing a little bit. Okay. Like, we, we got to remember, two teams that started very slow, like San Jose, Calgary is has, is not playing up to their potential. Calgary's concerning. They've won three in a row. Yeah, and, and so it's like, you know... Still four or five and one in their last <laughs> But, right? Like, uh, we're going to see teams that started poor, and they're playing like they can because they're those kind of teams. Yeah. T- a surprising team. Arizona... I, I agree with you, Ty. I think they can squeak in now. Like yeah. we, Kemper, I think the sample size is there that he can sustain this. And uh, if their offense does get rolling a little more, then hey, why not? But well, they've had Edmonton needs McDavid and Drysdale to keep. Like honestly, they need them both to hit 130 points. Yeah, they need them both to like. Like, come on, one guy goes down. Yeah. One guy goes down for 10 games, and they're out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's trouble. that's yeah. partly why I have like, especially first like little while when everyone's like Edmonton's going to the playoffs. I'm like. Hold on a minute. Like these guys are both playing like twenty three minutes a night, logging serious minutes and like high impact minutes too. It's like they have the puck on their stick. Mm-hmm. Watch Calgary sign time. Brandon Manning. 
and they play the Oilers, and you know what happens. That really tailed off. Yeah. Sorry. I love it, though. No, no, it's fine. I, I like the little interjection, but, yeah, man, I don't know. I think Vegas is going to win the division. I think so, I think too. They're, Vegas. They're, they're still close enough that it's like... Vegas, can't. one. Edmonton, two. Dallas, three. In the Pacific. Dallas is in the Edmonton's your two. Dallas is in the Central. Oh, my apologies. I have them in the, I was thinking yeah, the wrong yeah, team. Yeah, you're thinking, you're I'm thinking sorry. Of, I was putting Arizona. Uh, Arizona yeah, I was putting yeah. Arizona three. I apologize. I do think Dallas. I do think sorry. I was pivoting two thoughts into one. Yes. I think Dallas is going to be one of those three teams in the Central. Yeah, Somebody's I'm going to take over Winnipeg. Down. In my opinion. That's what I yeah. would guess as well. Yeah. Beige right now. Sorry, I'm hijacking. Yeah. Beige and I had a had a bet last year. Straight up, if the Canucks would make the playoffs or not. Beige, are you wanting to make a similar bet on the Canucks to make the playoffs? Right? As of now, so now you you're in. Hedge this? So, you want to hedge this? See, Kyle, because I was pressuring to make this bet earlier. Did, oh, did we talk about this? Oh, earlier? I'm sticking to my guns here. If you want to make the bet, twenty dollars. It's on record. All right, can we can we promote? We probably can't promote. Yeah, that. We we're, can't we're not going to be doing this. We're not going to actually yeah. be doing this. But friendly bet. Um, well, I'll have to think about it, Mitch. Just for oh, we'll see how long can you think about this? Because game eighty happens, and you're like, yeah, sure, I'll make it. Well, no, but in the in the beauty is you'd still make it. I mean, I, I you know what I called one? I called two things. I said I've called many things in life, but these are two things I'm going to stick by. I said J T Miller was a great acquisition, and the price was fair. And I, I said the Canucks are going to make the playoffs, and I think the Canucks are going to make the playoffs, and I think the JT Miller price was a great deal. Who falls out of the playoffs? What's, give me your West. Who so from from right now? Yeah, right I'd now. Have to predict. Pick the West. Uh, Bailey's West. I'm going Edmonton out. West. And I've got Vancouver slotting in for Edmonton uh, as a division. You know, I got I got Vancouver in the playoffs, and I got San Jose in the playoffs. And okay. Minnesota and, uh, and and Edmonton are out. Minnesota. I don't oh, agree I'm with sorry, pushing Minnesota I out. You we're gonna say Minnesota. Minnesota and Edmonton. This isn't sustainable. Every other Minnesota team I think is. Oh no, out for yeah. sure. Okay. I think I that like, Minnesota whoa, whoa, thinks. Whoa, whoa. I've got I've got San Jose, Arizona, Vegas, top three Pacific. I've got Canucks making wild card, and then I've got St. Louis, probably Dallas and Colorado making top three in Central, and Winnipeg as the other wild card. And I don't think Calgary's gonna make it. I think they're a me- for whatever reason they're a mess. Yeah, uh, Nashville's playing like they don't want it, and then the rest of the teams just aren't there. You think St. Louis is, finishes with the best record in the West? In, in the I West? So. Yeah, they have uh, the best record in the West right now. I think Vegas can get there. Okay. Dude, St. Louis is good, though. 18-6-6. I'm just done counting Vegas out. I, I never I never predict it. and Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyways, so great having you two on. And, uh, yeah, just any, any final thoughts? No, I think I'm good. Thank you for having us yeah, on, no, man. I appreciate this, it. This was one of our longer episodes, and yeah, it's just yeah. Been, a, been a good ride. <laughs> man, <laughs> that went, so this interview went an hour and 21 minutes. Wow. That's gonna, This is going to be our longest episode by far. I'm so not surprised. Though. An hour and 21 minutes of greatness. Thank you guys so much for coming on. There's going to be, there's no Spartans wrap-up for this episode, so we're just going to conclude right here. Thanks for tuning in. Any promotion of this is highly appreciated by anyone. Even listening is a promotion. We appreciate you guys, our listeners. We're getting some pretty consistent, some pretty consistent listens these days. So, uh, yeah, much appreciated from the Mars Hill team. Yeah, my uh, my dad actually just followed the pod on Spotify. Unreal. I got a text that he's now following it, and he plans to download this episode. So, there you go. Much appreciated. Big shout there out to Mr. To, Baker. Uh, Mr. Baker. Anyways. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.